Hey, this is Jewel Bejabarpu, and you're listening to the Fertility Life Coach Podcast, Episode 16. Welcome to the Fertility Life Coach Podcast, a show for smart, type A millennial women who want to get pregnant without the emotional roller coaster. If you want to learn how coaching can relieve stress and balance your hormones, then this is the show for you. I am your host, Jewel Bejavarpu, and I am an infertility and IVF warrior, as well as a certified life and holistic health coach. Are you ready? Let's go. Hey, friends. Welcome to the podcast. Today is all about fertility awareness and how to chart. Now, when I mean charting, I mean using your basal body temperature and cervical mucus to know if you're fertile and to know if you're having any fertility problems or health problems. I have used fertility awareness method as birth control before I started my fertility journey, and it has given me so much insight into my health and helps me solve my period problems, which before no doctor could diagnose. The data I gathered from practicing this method every day is incredible. Now, fam takes some discipline to learn, but I think they should teach it in school. It is that powerful. I am so excited to have my friend, expert fertility awareness coach on the podcast today, Amy Murray. And she is a bilingual English-German fertility awareness educator and holistic reproductive health practitioner. Her passion around the field of fertility awareness combined with her own experience using fertility awareness to avoid pregnancy and also conceive her two daughters has led her to share her knowledge with other women. Through her work, Amy teaches other women to use the fertility awareness method for birth control, to improve their chances to conceive, or to optimize their overall health, recognizing their menstrual cycle as the fifth vital sign. She is currently working with over a dozen clients worldwide, helping them to achieve their charting intentions. When she's not delving into books or research papers to further her knowledge about the menstrual cycle, Amy loves spending time with her family and exploring the outdoors with her two-year-old daughter, and she's due with her second child in May. Amy, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting. Yes. Can you like tell us a bit more about yourself and your own words? Yeah. So like you mentioned, I'm a I'm certified fertility awareness educator. I um, took my training with Justice College. So um, since graduating last uh, November, November 2020, I am now a um, holistic reproductive health practitioner. That means I get to um, work with women and teach them the Justice method, which is a very, I feel like, in-depth um, method of cycle charting um, that also allows you to have that like um, yeah, deeper insight into your cycle, um, what's happening hormonally, um, different pointers that could be going on. And um, yes, so my passion is to help women um, understand their menstrual cycle and using that information regardless of whether they want a baby now or ever or yesterday um, to just understand their days of um, fertility and infertility. And um, yeah, my toddler does keep me very busy. (laughs) Um, and just something that like, I don't like put in, um, you know, like I don't talk about, well, I guess I do talk about it a lot on social media. Um, but I didn't put it in the, in the bio is, um, that 
our first child, we actually conceived on the, the first try. And so it was like, we decided, okay, yeah, let's try for a family. And it was like a matter of a couple of weeks changing my mind for, I don't want a child for another five years to let's have a baby right now. And um, so with, with that kind of mindset, I went into um, trying to conceive a second time. And um, I feel like, especially since I had this like easy peasy, oh yes, it's going to like work right away. I was devastated when the first cycle we tried for number two, it didn't happen. The second cycle we tried, it didn't happen. And by the, by the third cycle, I was like, I need an emotional break. We're going to avoid like actively avoid pregnancy with the fertility awareness method until like I get my cycles figured out because like I cannot go through this roller coaster of like dreading my period or anticipating ovulation and like we got to do it right now and um so so yeah like overall it took us um a total of um six cycles which i say that because we took a break of trying like in between um but so I feel like that just gave me a teeny tiny glimpse of what um, some of my clients and obviously other um, you know women on this infertility journey um, go through. So I know six cycles is not a lot compared to other journeys. Um, like I have a client that she's been trying for 10 years to um, get pregnant. So obviously I feel very humbled in that experience. But yes, it's just something that I feel like, um, yeah, I can I can relate um, with you and everyone yeah and like tell us like how you got how like how did you find out about fertility awareness I think that's such an interesting question because people often like stumble upon it um it's not something widely known about so like tell us about like your story like how you found fertility awareness how it convinced you to like go down this path I love that question. <laughs> Thank you so much for asking. Yeah, I was actually on the pill for like off and on for 10 years. And so sometimes I feel like when I'm always like bashing the pill or, you know, I'm just only talking about the awesomeness of fertility awareness, people think I'm just like this crunchy like person who's, you know, never used hormones in their, in their life or whatever. Like, no, I was put on, I asked to be put on the pill at age 13 because um, I was experiencing acne like teenager, right? And so I was off and on the pill for 10 years until I was about um, 22. And so that's kind of a, about a year before that I had this like healthy eating um, kick, but I was still like taking, you know, I was buying hormone-free meat, but I was still... <laughs> taking you know hormones every day in the pill like okay so eventually like that kind of dawned on me like um this isn't like it, it doesn't feel right anymore I used to be very like everybody should just be on the pill and so um I just kind of had this intuition that maybe it's not that great for me like I do want to start a family in the next like five to you know seven years and any research I did was, oh, just whenever you're ready, come off the pill and start your family. Mm -hmm. And it just it just didn't align with my gut feeling. And so <laughs> other women do a ton of research, like they still take the pill for, you know, six months to a year and like really get into, you know, the theory of fertility awareness and like every and do their research and sign up for a class. And like I've had several clients that like the day of our first session, like that was the last day they took the pill or something. Um, and so now I feel really <laughs> just immature at that age because I'm like, no, I read a blog article about fertility awareness and um, I'm done taking the pill. I threw it in the trash. 
cash and never took another pill. Um, it was like mid mid pack. Like I didn't care. I just was, I was so done. And um, yes. So I just randomly, I Googled natural um, ways of preventing pregnancy or something like that and came across the rhythm method with, which we can talk about too, if you want to. And um, then through that, I just clicked and clicked. And then all of a sudden came into, oh, don't use the rhythm method because it doesn't work. Use fertility warnings. I'm like, okay, I'm sold. So then. That's, that's so much fun. Like, yes. <laughs> so just kind of fast forward. I then told my, um, my OB that I wasn't taking the pill anymore. I was using fertility awareness. I'd read three blog articles. I knew everything there was to know about it. Thank you very much. She recommended I retaking charge of your fertility, which I am very fortunate that my OBGYN was like, like knew of that book. Cause I'm, I know most don't. And so, yeah, like from the first page, I was like, this is what I need to do with my life. Like I need to teach other women about this. Like, why isn't it being taught? Like you said, in um, in high school and, and um, so that just kind of led me on this path. Wow, that's amazing. I feel like I have a similar story getting like taking the pill for I only took it for four months. Besides, I was like, this pill is making me a crazy bitch. So yes. <laughs> I took it for four months and I realized how crazy I was on it and like how emotionally out of control. I had headaches and I have restless leg syndrome and I have like all these things on the pill and so I only took it for four months and then I got off of it and then I was like what am I going to do now and so then I started researching and I same with you I came across the book you know taking charge of your fertility and read it and I was like I'm sold I knew how to do it but reading the book is very different than taking a fertility awareness course like as I have said to all of my clients, and I'm sure you know, like reading the book gives you good background knowledge, but I feel like it's not enough information to just go out and like begin to chart your cycle. I think you really need a teacher. So Absolutely. you teach the Just Feast method. Can you tell us like what it is? Yes. So the Just Feast method is um, one method of like the fertility awareness based method so like fam um it used to just be fam but i feel like now everybody is, is agreeing that we say fabm so we still say fam but it's fertility awareness based methods um it's not just like one mm. method there are several different methods out there and the justice method is just one um specific method so the justice method uses um like you already alluded to in the beginning cervical mucus and basal body temperature and an optional sign of the cervical position to to assess your um, days of fertility and infertility. So this is like newsflash, you're not fertile every single day, <laughs> like you were taught in sex ed in high school, um, which also I was blown away um, when I heard that. And like you said about the book, it's good background knowledge. I charted on my own for about a year and a half before I took a class with um, a justice method instructor and had another like like this is what I need to do like exactly that is what I need to do in my life so then I went on to take the training um, and it, it has changed my life to um, yeah the, so the cervical mucus was very confusing to me like not Thank all women yeah 
yeah, like not all women have the same um, observations of cervical mucus. Like cervical mucus can look many different ways. It can look like creamy white hand lotion. It can look like clear, stretchy, raw egg whites. Or it can just be like a very, very lubricative sensation um, when you wipe um, before and after going to the bathroom. And so um, I wasn't really seeing much of um, like the taking charge for fertility, like mucus categories. And so um, the justice method really has kind of a, a like more of a systemized approach to describing cervical mucus kind of like exactly the way you see it. Um, and that really helped me to um, get clear on my cervical mucus pattern, um, which in the beginning I was using it to avoid um, pregnancy. And for most of my reproductive life, I will have used it to avoid pregnancy. Um, mm -hmm. You know, despite like, except for those, you know, conceiving um, twice. And then, um, I'm trying to thought. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, so yeah, so then the justice method just allows you to um, kind of observe what you see in a more um, detailed uh, manner. Was that kind of answering your question? Yeah, I feel like no, there was more totally to it. Answer. No, and then like, what do you need to like chart to use the justice method? You talk about cervical mucus, cervical position, basal body temperature, like how how do you chart those different things like what do you like what's the basics yes so um those three primary fertility signs that you just mentioned the mucus temperature and cervical position um you can chart them old fashioned on a with um, a piece of paper and a pen, um, or there's this amazing app out there. <laughs> I will do a shout out for the Read Your Body app. Um, they are, um, it's like a completely user like input based app. There's no predictions, no calculations, no telling you when you're fertile or when you're not. So you have to like enter your observations manually and interpret like those observations um, for yourself as well. Um, so the, the the practical how to would be you observe for cervical mucus all day every day. <laughs> Mm -hmm. So this is, I think, like in the pre-chat, we were talking about like, there's a learning curve to fam. Um, yeah. And this is where sometimes it can feel like daunting. Wait, what? Like all day, every day. So basically every time you go to the bathroom, um, the, the, so cervical mucus is produced in the cervical crypts. So the cervix is the lower portion of your uterus. And then um, during your fertile window, which I can talk a little bit about um, too, mm -hmm. um, your cervix produces the cervical mucus and um, then it is noticeable at the vulva when you go to the bathroom and you wipe with a piece of toilet paper. Um, and so you fold your piece of toilet paper flat to decrease like the wrinkles and, you know, creases and crevices that cervical mucus can hide in. And you wipe from front to back across your per perineum. I know this is like, I'm doing all sorts of hand motions <laughs> that you no. can't see. I'm a very like engaged. Um, I, wish like that. I wish everyone can see all your hand motions, but you'll have to just imagine them for the podcast. <laughs> Yes, I know. Um, and I look, usually I like have toilet paper with me, but I'm like, I'll, I'll refrain because I know <laughs> it won't, it won't add much value. And um, then you first pay attention to the sensation. Like, how does it feel as you're wiping from front to back um, like across the opening of the vagina towards your perineum, which is the piece of skin connecting the vagina and the rectum. 
And um, then you just look at the toilet paper. Is there anything on it? Is it dry? Is it just like it was before? Um, or is there any cervical mucus on it that you can um, pick up? Can you stretch it between your fingers? Does it look like the creamy white hand lotion or raw stretchy egg whites or anything in between? Um, which again, Justice Method has <laughs> some really cool ways of describing it. Um, or did you just have a super slippery sensation where your hand was just like gliding and... Um, you know, I always <laughs> find myself like giving an involuntary ooh <laughs> whenever I have this like super lubricative sensation. Um, and so you do this before and after you go to the bathroom. So like you're wiping anyways, at least once. So the only conscious step you have to add on is, okay, I need to wipe before I actually pee. Mm -hmm. um, and so this is because cervical mucus can, you know, um, like it travels down the vagina and um, that can take several minutes, several hours, several, you know, whatever. And uh, so it's important to check before and after you go. Um, and especially after number two, there are a lot of women who like when they have cervical mucus, they only see it after they go number two, because um, just the physical motion kind of pushes the cervical mucus down as well. And so um, that's like when you can notice like a, a lot of cervical mucus as well. Um, yeah. And then there, like I said, in different um, methods there are different ways of charting like these observations. Um, and in the justice method, we just chart the most fertile sign um, of the day. So for instance, if you had this creamy um, hand lotion type mucus like all day, but you saw something uh, clear, stretchy, like raw egg whites once, then you would just write down, hey, I saw this one time. Um, yeah. And what do you say to women who are like, I don't think I have any cervical mucus? Like, so many women I know, I didn't even know about cervical mucus or have never noticed it until I got taught how to chart and got like shown pictures of it and was like very detailed about like, this is cervical mucus. Like, what would you say to all those like doubters? They're like, yeah, no, don't have cervical mucus. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 100%. Um, like nobody, if nobody talks about it, like you're, you're not aware or you think you have an infection of sorts once a month. I've come across that too, where um, the woman just didn't know what it was and ran to the doctor for um, medications for um, an infection. Um, so mm -hmm. th that's why it's important to um, check consistently, um, like every trip to the bathroom. Um, because like, and especially in like struggling to conceive um, type cycles, you may only have one day of cervical mucus. So we would call this like a yeah. limited mucus um, cycle. And um, so I guess I'll just preface this a little bit by like normal cycle parameters, um, like the quick version. So mm -hmm. a lot of people um, that I talk to are like, yeah, my cycle is super irregular. Sometimes it's 27 days and then it'll be 29 days, but it's like never 28 days. So my cycle is not regular. Um, and so like to, <laughs> to that woman, I just want to say your cycle is perfectly normal. A healthy range would be anywhere between 24 and 36 days. Um, mm when your cycle starts to vary more than 10 days in length from one cycle to another, like that's kind of when, you know, we get concerned. Um, your period should last about um, three to seven days with a total blood loss of about 30 milliliters. So um, that's about one ounce. Um, if you picture a, um, so like um, a tablespoon is 15 milliliters. So like two tablespoons mm. worth um, over the whole bleeding um, or one entire... <laughs> menstrual cup full. I see your face. I bleed I a lot have, more than that. 
I have like TMI, but like I like that's that just seems not very much. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so also TMI, like um, so my last cycle was in August of 2020. That's when um we got pregnant. Um, but I would always like write down the milliliters in my menstrual cup that I would um dump out. And so over the course of the whole period, um I bleed about like 80 milliliters. Um, and like anything more so than that, 80... like, a cause for concern, like heavy periods with like hormonal imbalances. Cause I know that's been like a struggle for me and like struggles for many women, like heavy bleeding and just thinking it's normal. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Let's debunk all the things. <laughs> and so, so anything above 80 milliliters is considered heavy um, bleeding and then anything above 200 milliliters is considered menorrhagia so like extremely heavy um flow mm. and um it's it can be a problem I feel like there's a variation to normal as well like um like you know how do they determine that 30 milliliters is the right amount like they um at least one study that I came across, they extracted the blood from um, uh, tampons and menstrual pads. And so like, is that an accurate, uh, you know, method mm. for like extracting the blood? I feel like a more accurate way would be like just collecting the blood in a menstrual cup and like, you know, um, yeah. then <laughs> determining <laughs> how much uh, blood it was. So I feel like maybe this is a little bit on the low side. Um, but yes, so for, for some women that can definitely, you know, be their normal, it's like 20 to 30 milliliters or something like that and mm -hmm. um it can have hormonal um so implications so also the justice method is detailed about like how much you're bleeding what is the color of your blood um things like that mm. because that can give us information about your hormonal health um heavy periods can are especially common in like long cycles because so in the first half ish of your cycle um not 14 days <laughs> half ish <laughs> um the dominant hormone in your, in your cycle is estrogen and so estrogen is uh, known for proliferation to grow things to build things and so it grows the endometrial lining so um, the uterine lining that then um you know at the end of the cycle gets shed as menstruation and so if you have a long first um cycle phase so like from your period until ovulation is your first cycle phase um, that is dominated by estrogen. And so if that is, um, you know, 30 days, 45 days, 90 days, then you just have a lot of um, endometrial lining building up mm -hmm. that then needs to be shed either by a withdrawal bleed. So no ovulation occurs, your uterus just, just sheds the lining or ovulation occurs um, the second cycle phase is dominated by progesterone, which matures the endometrial lining, creates um, a nice and cozy environment for a fertilized egg to implant. And um, so, yeah, that um, is basically necessary to, to, to mature the lining that it doesn't just get um, so thick and just heavily, heavily built up. Um, and so then if you don't have a good ratio of estrogen to progesterone, so like you ovulate super late in your cycle, then that can also cause um, heavy periods just because you have so much endometrium built up from um, the estrogen exposure. Yeah, I know with me when I started charting, it was like puzzle pieces were coming together. Like, oh, like this is why this is happening and this is why this is happening. And like things that I just took for granted 
were like, oh, this is actually a cause for concern. Like, yes. oh, this means that you have imbalanced hormones. And so like the charting gave me like so much awareness and so much details that I could go to my doctors and be like, hey, like this is what's going on here. Like, this is what I think is happening. And they were like, oh, look, you're right. Let's do a blood test and confirm it. So it's like, so I think it's just so important to figure out your hormones and to figure out like what's going on in your body. Cause yeah, you might have a 28 day cycle. You might have a 32 day cycle every single time, but in that cycle, you could be ovulating really late. You could be ovulating too early. You could have really heavy periods. Your the period blood could be all brown. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like all, all the things. Oh my all gosh. The yes. Things. yes. Oh my gosh. So a lot of my clients, Amy, use charting apps. And I have been not, I don't want to say like guilty, but like I have used the natural cycles and like have them predict ovulation and like it just feels easy, right? Like, oh, someone's just telling me how to do this. But like, why do I would say 99.9% of apps, including natural cycles, which is FDA approved as a birth control method, don't actually work? Yes, I love that question. (laughs) So I have a great analogy for that. So basically what those charting apps are doing is they're um, collecting your input data and trying to, um, based on your input, create an algorithm to predict like future um, future times of fertility, future ovulation, future periods, whatever. So um, this is like from looking back on like cycles. So A, if you are just coming off the pill, you actually like, are like you can't do that at all because you have no data to rely on because you haven't been cycling, mm-hmm. cycling naturally. Um, but also if you have never been um, on any hormones, it's like your cycle is like never exactly the same. Like many people um, find that they have a, a pattern of what's typical for them, but like, it will never be exactly the same. Like, oh, on this day, I'm like, I started seeing cervical mucus. So that means I'm fertile. Um, so what I um, use as an analogy, and this comes from one of my mentors at Justice College is the rear view mirror analogy. So like when you're driving, um, instead of looking at the road ahead of you, which is what fertility awareness would be, try dri- driving forward, like maybe on like a curvy, windy road, looking only in your rear view mirror. So that is what charting apps are doing. So you're basically trying to predict the road ahead of you based on what it was like, what it was behind you. Um, and I feel like when we put it into like that kind of perspective, it's like, like nobody would be driving on the highway looking at their no. rear view mirror. Like how stupid is that? And so um I feel but yeah the charting apps um like in their marketing I feel like they're very effective in you know telling us what all they can do for us and and we don't have to do anything who that's like one less thing on on my plate that I have to worry about and um but yeah so th- that actually could be causing you to miss your your fertile window so your days of cervical mucus that you are fertile that conception is even possible um and like i said those like if if you are struggling with hormonal imbalances it could be that you only have half a day you know like one day of um cervical mucus and if this um you know app is telling you that you're fertile from i don't know random days like 10 to 14 or whatever um and 
and your like one mucus day is like on cycle day 18 and then you ovulate, you know, like the next day <laughs> or whatever that could like be causing you to miss, um, you know, that crucial day. Yeah, that's so true. And I find that a lot of people come to me and say like, I haven't been able to getting pregnant. And the first thing that I always ask is like, how are you charting your cycle? Because it matters. It really does. Um, so my very last question, how can people work with you? How can people find you and like get help to try to get pregnant, get help preventing pregnancy? But I feel like most of the people listening to this podcast will, like want to get pregnant. So like, how can they, how can you help them like figure out their hormonal imbalances, figure out what's going on in their body and help them get pregnant faster? Yes. Oh, thank you for that. Um, for that opportunity to share. So right now I'm, I have two, like, um, uh, I guess programs. So one is a 90 minute intensive, which is like, um, like a, um, can be just a one-off session, 90 minutes diving into your health history. Like there's, um, you know, some, um, yeah, health history questions that we dive into. Um, this is a great fit whether you're already charting your cycles or whether you're brand new to charting, um, because um, like it, it includes like a video course on the Justice method, um, how to chart the Justice way. So that would be a great piece of like how are you charting your cycles um, if they also mm -hmm. want to work with you. Um, and then my other offering is a um, six month fertility awareness coaching and mentorship package. So um, that's where we can really you know devote six months to um, getting your hormones in order or like at least getting a jump start on it um, continuing support like through um, you know emails or slack and um, where we can just really like dive into um, you know a long-term plan like what's you know what's going on with you and um, I also have a free Facebook group um, that we can link yeah <laughs> and the other uh, thing I'm currently doing is a monthly charting circle. So this is if you're curious about charting or if you already have um, charts and you have questions about it, um, this is a free um, monthly Zoom um, gathering. And um, while I cannot give like personal like charting um, ad advice or personal yeah, advice in, in that matter, if I don't know your entire health history. Um, but it can still be great to have another set of eyes on your chart or the community of women um, where it's like, oh, I think, you know, this is going on. So um, that's a really great way to connect with other women who are also charting, who are also going through similar experiences. Um, so I just wanted to put um, those free thingies out there as well. Wonderful. Well, we will link to all of those Amy's website, her free Facebook group, where you can get in touch with her and her Instagram all on the show notes. So you can get in touch with Amy and learn how to chart the Justice Method way that works for sure. I can guarantee it. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Amy. Have a wonderful day. We'll talk later. Thank you so much, Jewel. If you love this podcast and if you have liked what you have heard so far, I would love it if you could leave me a five-star rating and review. Reviews help others find this podcast and help them get the strategies that they need to thrive during infertility. Remember to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss another episode. If you want to take this work to a deeper level, then I have the perfect coaching program for you. 
go to www.simplyjewel.com forward slash empowered infertility to learn more about my signature one-on-one coaching program. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fertility Life Coach Podcast. See you next time.